incredible Frit Tam who is my partner and is also the very first person who I ever interviewed when I wasn't really sure what I was doing and I didn't really know if any of my questions were going to work. A lot has changed in the year since that first episode and so I wanted to just check back in with Frit, see how things are going and also Fruit is currently crowdfunding, which is absolutely huge. So I wanted to chat to Fruit a little bit more about that as well. This episode was recorded as an Instagram live. So please excuse if there are any moments that don't quite make sense, but I hope you enjoy it as a podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it live. just a few moments ago thank you so much for your patience we are all set up now and ready to record so today I'm going to be chatting to Frit I'm so excited to be back on with another live it has been quite a while since I've done a live so it's really great to be back on this platform and sharing people's stories the live today, I'm doing it as a live, but also I appreciate it. it's the middle of the day and lots of people are at work. So it's also going to be shared as an IGTV and it'll be out on the podcast. So you might be listening to this as a live or you might be listening. If you are listening to this on the podcast, thank you so much for taking a listen. Um, we recorded this live and so yeah, whatever you hear is how it went down. Frit, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk to Frit today. Frit was the very first person that I interviewed right back about a week before I started my cycling trip when I was really, really scared and apprehensive about whether or not I could interview people, whether the questions were going to be relevant, whether people would even understand the questions. I just didn't know that anything I was going to be putting out there was going to be relevant or useful, whether it was going to be anything at all. And so Frit was the very first person that I interviewed as like a, a trial, like, help me, please. Um, and so much has happened since then. So I'm going to invite Frit on now. Hi, Frit. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. <laughs> Third time lucky for this live. Third time lucky. Fred, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. A bit tired today. Had the second LGBTQIA plus panel um, event that we did last night. So yeah, just feeling it a little bit today. <laughs> I feel you completely. Now, Frit, it has been a little while since we did that first interview that went out on the podcast and a fair amount has changed since then. For people that haven't necessarily been following that journey, can you give us a bit of an update? So I guess the first thing to mention is that since we did our podcast recording together in Bracknell, we're now in Sheffield, 
So that's a big change. Um, I've also changed my pronouns since then. So at the time I went by she, her, and now I go by he, they. And I've also come out about identifying as transgender since then. So lots of my life has changed in terms of, of my identity and, and how um, other people refer to me. And on top of that, there was my Glide for Pride trip, which was a two month long trip across England, uh, which we completed earlier this year and you helped to film on and just helped just massively in so many other ways too. And we're now launching a crowdfunder. I mean, just so much has changed. Have I missed anything? I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure you have, but also that was a great recap. So you mentioned Glide for Pride. Now, for people that have no idea what Glide for Pride is, can you give us a bit of an update, a bit of an overview? So Glide for Pride was a two-month-long rollerblading and cycling trip across England. I travelled 1,700 kilometres and I met and interviewed 37 LGBTQIA plus people. We filmed the entire trip, so you, me, Rachel and George, we captured it all and what we're trying to do is make sure that their stories and my own story of someone in the very early stages of a transgender journey, which we hardly ever see any media coverage at all about, um, is all to be documented in a film that we're, that we're trying to raise funds for at the moment through the crowdfunder. In a nutshell, that's what Glide for Pride was about, but there's so many facets to it. I don't know if there's particular things that you want me to go into. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, jumping in in a little bit more detail, like, tell me what that looked like. Like, how did you organise it? What was it like on a day-to-day? What did it actually involve for you? Glide for Pride was originally created as a way to, for me, to bond deeper with the LGBTQIA plus community who, that I've always felt deeply connected with, but I wanted to fully understand the scope of our stories in the community. And as I started to get in touch with potential interviewees and plot out a route, what I really wanted to do from the onset was to make sure that I met at least one person from each letter in the acronym. And I knew that my experiences were quite sort of heavily skewed towards meeting people who identified as a gay man or as a lesbian or as bisexual but there were plenty of the other letters in the acronym that I didn't really know very many people from and I really felt as if my experiences and my knowledge of the community was quite limited even as someone who is part of the community and even as someone who feels really deeply connected to the community and I got that out of the trip but it really exceeded my expectations in terms of the stories that I would encounter, every person was so incredibly open and honest and inspiring and motivating and kind and loving. And the way that they relayed their stories to me always seemed to follow sort of a typical story arc in terms of there was always some kind of adversity, some kind of obstacle that they needed to get over in order to fully be able to understand themselves or fully be able to love themselves. And they were so honest about that, that I came away from every interview 
feeling amazing because I felt really inspired by their stories but I also as the trip went on had an accumulative effect of just feeling really sort of weighed down almost with their stories I really started to feel a sense of of our community not being able to thrive in the way that we should be able to and I felt as if each individual was doing the very best that they could but our community as a whole could have so much more impact if we weren't hugely underrepresented in lots of forms of media or if misinformation about our community wasn't just readily dished out by several different forms of media and instead if our community was celebrated and if all of our stories which are hugely diverse were better understood not only would we as individuals be able to thrive ourselves but also future generations or other people who are questioning their gender identity or sexual orientation they themselves would also be able to thrive because they would be able to see these positive examples of people who have similar stories or similar journeys to them and they could see themselves reflected back in that person And I really feel as if there is a huge lacking in that at the moment across all forms of media, but particularly in the outdoors and adventure industries that we're both really closely linked to. And I feel as if it's 2021, we we need to be in a much better place with it. And part of it felt as if it was something that I could do. But really, actually, what kind of came about was that I felt as if we as a group of people, as a community, could really make a hell of a lot of change. And so I'm really excited that not only will my story be told in the film, but these 30 plus people, their stories will also be told. And then I have no idea of how many people that could then help. Already the trip has already garnered so many messages from people who have who have you know, come into my DMs and said that your trip really helped me to understand more about myself or to understand about my child's experiences because they've just come out as non-binary or they've just come out as identifying as bisexual. And I didn't have the vocabulary until your trip came around and I really started to, to understand how I could communicate with them to best support them or support themselves or, you know, they would say, or best support me. And so if that's just the trip, then who knows what kind of impact the film could have. I genuinely think that this film could help so many people, which is why raising funds for it is super important for me so that we can actually make this film a reality and share it as far as we possibly can so that as many people as possible can feel as if they're not alone and that there is a huge community here for them and that they're not an other they're not an oddity and if anything their experiences are just so normal and so beautiful and we really need to be able to reach out to those people and affirm their experiences Yeah, and I think it's so important when you're talking about representation as well, that there's a lot of talk at the moment about representation in really big things, like becoming an astronaut or climbing Everest or doing these huge, big, big things. But then also it's so important to have representation of like what a family could look like, what a relationship could look like, what a gender identity could look like. And like, if you don't even have those things, then where do you even start with climbing Everest? Do you know what I mean? 
Um, something that was really interesting that you mentioned right back at the start there was about how you really wanted to put yourself in a position where you'd be learning from people who are very different or have very different experiences to yourself. Are there any like learnings from that that really stand out for you where you were just like, wow, I've never thought about this before or where you really learned something different? Hugely. Um, I feel like every interviewee taught me something that I didn't know. I don't know if Toby's still here. I saw that Queer Runnings had joined earlier on. Uh, But Toby from Queer Runnings taught me about how queer women at at the moment and, and historically too have been misdiagnosed with a whole heap of medical conditions and then medicated for them when really what the cause of the issue might have been might have been some kind of sexual uh, sexuality or gender repression and really what they need is access to lgbtqia plus therapy that's not everyone but it seems as if there is a trend of this happening and it shows a huge huge black hole in our medical services at the moment for the community and for gender services i myself i'm going through a process of transitioning myself and I have been given uh, an NHS waiting list of four years before I can get my first appointment with an NHS gender clinic so I'm having to seek out private options instead because they're a bit quicker and so I was learning things about my community but I was also learning things that I could apply to myself and I found that just so profound that I don't really think I gave myself the time on the trip to really process it. But coming back to your question of other things that I learned, I mean, I said at the very start of this that there were a number of people in in the community that I didn't know. And in terms of people who identified with different letters of the alphabet um, in the acronym. And so I didn't I didn't know anyone who was intersex before I started the trip that I knew of anyway. And meeting Annick, who um, is an insect individual um, in London, I, we just had the most incredible conversation where I felt like my questions were really basic, but I just had n- no understanding of what it meant to be an intersex individual, what that meant for their life experiences, and the different varying degrees of, of what your what your sort of anatomical makeup might look like for you to identify as intersex it there there is no one way to be intersex is basically what I'm saying and I sort of found that applied to every letter I suppose in the acronym there is no one way to be any of those letters and whilst we all kind of bond uh, together on the the commonality of understanding that we are part of this community and our experiences to a degree are similar actually a lot of our experiences are really different and we have a lot to learn from each other And so there's almost there's an allyship in terms of people who aren't LGBTQIA who can help lift us up and and support our stories and our voices. But there's also an allyship within the community where we can support each other. And I, I found that to be just incredibly informative and inspirational. And I just absolutely loved learning about everyone's life experiences and journeys and that understanding, I think, will help me to advocate for them better in the future. If I was to speak to another person who 
um, identified as asexual or aromantic. I know what that means now. I, I know what questions I can ask that are respectful. Um, and I know what I can say to other people who may have those sort of starter questions um, so that the the individual who identifies as asexual or aromantic doesn't have to answer those questions anymore. I can answer those questions for them. And in that way, I can be a better ally to other people in within the community as well. And I really love what you've touched upon there, that we're not expecting people to necessarily be experts about everything. And in fact, quite the opposite, like you're never going to be an expert in somebody else's experience. But it's more about being curious, but also, I guess, finding appropriate ways to like find out that information and find out that knowledge and maybe turning to Google before you jump on some individual who's had to answer the question 500 times is probably a great idea. I want to talk to you a little bit about the crowdfunder, but before I do, I'd love to just carry on a little bit more with the trip because you sort of brushed over at the start that you did this challenge by cycling and rollerblading, but I don't think you gave us any sort of idea about the huge size that that task actually was to undertake for you physically. So yeah, you're right. Um, so to sort of come back to your original question, I suppose, of what did the trip involve on a daily basis? It was a lot of just logistics. Every day was a logistics day. And it came to the point where by the end of the trip, I really hated logistics. Um, in hindsight, I probably should have planned it a bit more before I set off, but the plans changed a lot. And, you know, even the, the latter third of my route was really different to how I'd originally planned it. So I felt like there was only so much planning I could do. Um, but what I did was I took sort of as many um, interviewees as I, as I knew I could book in uh, before the trip. I'd sort of plotted a rough route and then I went on to Kamut and I plotted out a rough route there. And then I went on to Google Maps and I tried to find certain sections via using Street View that looked rollerbladable and then the rest I would just cycle. So I spent a lot of time just traveling through rural roads in just random places in England, trying to see one on Kamut, whether the gradient looked flat and two um, on Google Street View, whether it had any pavements. And if it didn't, then I was just going to cycle it. So that was every day of me just trying to find a stint where I could rollerblade and a stint where I could cycle. Can you talk us through like a rough overview of where your route went from and to and then how far you ended up cycling in the end? So I started in Newcastle and I did a very zigzaggy route down to Brighton. So I went from Newcastle over to Carlisle, then down into the Lake District, then back across east to Scarborough and then back west towards more of a, the central part of the country around Manchester, went down the spine of the country a little bit through Sheffield, Milton Keynes, and then went west out to Bristol and then back into London, across east into Suffolk, and then eventually down to Brighton. And total distance was about, was just shy of 1700 kilometers. And now tell us about the crowdfunder. What is it that you're raising money for? So the crowdfunder is for the Glide for Pride film. As I mentioned earlier on, I really want to share my story um, of being an early transgender individual, but also these 30 plus LGBTQIA plus stories that I came across on the trip. I really want to share them all in the format of film 
because one, I'm a filmmaker, so that seems to make the most sense. But also I really believe in the power of film in terms of it having an outreach across the entire world. There is no limitation for a film to reach people. And also I think it's a really powerful format for people to be able to see themselves represented, to be able to see the faces see them moving, hear their voices. There's a real connection that you can form with people through visual media. And so to make an adventure film of the trip made the most sense. Um, but it's also, it's more than that. It's it's almost like a social commentary docu documentary as well. Um, not all of the people that I interviewed are outdoorsy adventurer types. We have people who uh, teachers and who who just work in you know every industry that you can think of in terms of the NHS and um, accountancy and and just everything they kind of cover the whole scope which was amazing because so many stories came out of that too and, and their um, experiences of being LGBTQIA plus in their in the work that they do was really important to cover also so the crowdfunder is basically to bring this film to life it's to pay for the expenses and the time of the people who filmed with me and it's to pay for the editing and distribution of the film and without this funding the film just basically can't get made and we sort of pitched for some sponsors before I left on the trip but we weren't successful so this is kind of the best way at the moment that we can raise some funds in order to pay people so that this film can get made so at the moment, we're doing relatively well, I think. The um, crowdfunder is on an Indiegogo page. And right now we are just on the cusp of hitting 40%. We are just over two weeks in now, moving into our third week. And this 40% milestone is a really big milestone. It's kind of the tipping point into whether we can successfully fund this project or not. And it's looking pretty likely that we can now. So I think as of right now, as we're recording this, we're about 50, 60 pounds away from hitting 40%. So I'm pretty confident that we can hit it and that we can hit it soon. We're doing pretty good, but there's still a way to go yet. So yeah, I'm keeping my fingers crossed and staying optimistic. So if anybody's listening to this and they have a spare 50 pounds that they think they'd really like to put towards helping LGBTQIA plus stories to get out there and have the impact that we know they can have, or if there's five people listening to this that could all donate £10, that would have us there. Like every little donation does make a difference. And I'm working with you as well on the crowdfunding campaign. And I think something that I absolutely love is seeing like the backers number go up because as much as the financial is huge, actually showing that there are 200 people out there that want to hear these stories want to see these stories like that is so powerful and so affirming and I just think that if I was a teenager and I was seeing that I would be like wow like that's really cool to know that there are so many people out there that do support this yeah definitely I think right now we are almost at 200 backers so we're getting really, really close to going over that 200 number, which is amazing. Uh, and you're right. I think 
there is the money side of things but yeah if you were to just see a crowdfunder that had a crowd of one person who'd backed the entire thing it's not really a crowd is it and the important thing about the crowdfunder is that it really takes it back to the community so the trip was started because of a love for a community and now with the crowdfunder we're taking it back to the community and to allies to ask you know can you help make this film come to life and can you help us support the rest of the community with this film so you know it all kind of ties in together and it's all sort of worked out for the best um but it is a lot of hard work we are we're really grinding away um at this crowdfunder and making sure that we continue to provide value for our community throughout the entirety of the crowdfunder and actually you know i called it hard work but it is really rewarding. It's amazing. Every day I get to speak to LGBTQIA plus people. And as Emily Chappell said last night in the online panel event, you know, she said that she wanted to speak more about queer things with queer people. And actually, that's my daily life. I'm literally doing that every day at the moment. And it's amazing. It's so lovely to talk to people about the importance of our community and the importance of our stories and to see the support for that um it's really sort of it's been really touching and has really put my faith in or increased my faith in in people's awareness of us and the importance of why we need to have a bigger spotlight shone on us so yeah it's um this is going to be a wild five weeks of a crowdfunder honestly (laughs) three weeks left we've got this amazing thank you so much and just so that people know if they are looking to support the crowdfunder please click through to fritz bio at fritz underscore tam you'll find the link in there and then otherwise the link is igg.me forward slash at forward slash glide hyphen for pride if you're listening to this on the podcast i'll put links to fritz page and to the indiegogo page in the show notes so please do click through even if you just click through to have a little watch of the trailer video you can watch the trailer and get more of an idea of the places that Frit went and the people that Frit spoke to there's some really stunning quotes in there from some of the interviewees so the trailer is well worth a watch on its own and Frit is there anything else that you'd like to say anything else that you'd like to tell us about no I think that's everything just um Keep your eyes peeled for new perks. We're releasing um, new rewards on the crowdfunder through these middle weeks. Um, We've had some support from some great people. So that's been incredible. And I'm hosting IG Lives on my Instagram with people that I didn't get to meet on my trip just to add more LGBTQIA plus voices to our consciousness, really. And so far already they've been stunning and I've already cried in one. So, you know, the... (laughs) they really sort of hit deep Um, and I think that's it with our stories is that they are so fundamental to us as individuals that to ignore them is just not an option and so it's it's been amazing to dive into even more stories recently on these IG lives so keep an eye out for that and if you would like to be notified of when those IG lives are, usually I share them in my Insta story, or you can also sign up to my mailer, which if you go to fritandhealthy.co, there will be a mailer sign up there. And I tend to send out mailers with an upcoming 
shout out of what's coming up in the next week of the crowdfunder. But no, I think that's everything. Thank you. Just thank you for loving me and being a great partner and just supporting me emotionally and professionally and just in every way possible. So I love you very much. Thank you. Oh, I love you too. I'll come downstairs and give you a cuddle in a minute. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you to all the people that are just joining the IG Live. It is great to have you here. We're just about to wrap up, but this is going to be going out as an IGTV and it's going to be going out on the podcast as well. So you'll be able to watch it or listen to it wherever it's easiest for you. Britt, thank you so much for coming on and speaking so beautifully about everything that has happened and catching us up and sharing your story with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate your Extraordinary Ordinary You podcast, which is doing brilliantly. And I really appreciate absolutely everyone who has supported the crowdfunder so far or has just dropped us a message or shared about the crowdfunder. It's just lifted us up every day to carry on chipping away at making this total um so yeah it just it means everything honestly so just thank you thank you thank you to everyone who has been involved and also to our team i can't forget the team um yeah just everyone who has given some time or effort to glide for pride it means everything so thank you so much thank you and thank you so much to everybody who's watched this as well it's been (laughs) great to have so many people on here and watching and i hope you all have a great afternoon and enjoy the rest of your day thank you so much bye bye